Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. My name is Jacob Stinnett, a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio today is Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Today we're going to be talking about another aspect of seminary formation, pastoral formation, specifically in the role of apostolics, apostolic works. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking for your grace um, in our lives. We ask that we and all who are listening may be good ministers of your gospel, good witnesses to your love in the world. We pray in the words that Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I said just a moment ago, today we're going to be talking about another aspect of seminary formation, what's referred to as the pinnacle of seminary formation, what Mm -hmm. all the other um, aspects of it are working towards, which is pastoral formation, becoming a shepherd, literally from the Latin. Um, And kind of the biggest aspect of that in the seminary is our apostolic works, um, which for me and for Brian, um, our radio show this year is our apostolic work. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Brian, my first question for you, um, what, why are they called apostolic works? Um, what does that mean? Well, you might be able to say right off the bat that apostolic is related to the word apostle, right? Of course. So, Did the we, apostles have a radio show? Is that why we're doing this? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> not back then. Not, not in the first few years. They wrote a few letters, though, <laughs> and they traveled quite a bit, which relates to the deeper meaning of their name. So an apostle is, even though we often put them in the same boat as the disciples, you know, disciple someone who's learning from a master, Mm -hmm. but an apostle has a further meaning than that because the word that apostle comes from in the Greek language means to send. So someone who is called an apostle is someone who is sent somewhere. So that means you're sent from a place mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. So it's kind of the stage beyond that learning. Exactly, right. right. the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a disciple and being an apostle is very related. You know, the two mm-hmm. are related to one another. But you might say that being a disciple comes first, and then we become apostles by being sent out. So apostolic works then are those things, you know, in the context of seminary formation, the work that we do that's outside of the walls of the seminary Right, right. We're being sent out into the world, or the world anyway, beyond the confines of the seminary. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Brian, you're from the Diocese of Youngstown. That's right. And um, as a priest, you'll be ministering in the Diocese of Youngstown, not here in the Diocese of Columbus. Yes, that's the plan. (laughs) So, all of your apostolic assignments, though, have been in the Diocese of Columbus, Right. right? So... 
how does that have how how is that going to have to translate for you doing all of this um, work being sent into the Diocese of Columbus then when you'll be ministering in the Diocese of Youngstown? Mm-hmm. Having a new experience every year, which is the way pastoral and apostolic formation works at the Josephinum, you know, every mm-hmm. year we have a different assignment, gives seminarians like me, you know, a wealth of experiences. Every year is not only at a different place, but it also has a different focus. Um, so seeing how different parishes are run, how different parishes, you know, coordinate activities, and then also even outside of parishes, just seeing what the ministry of the church is throughout the greater Columbus area mm-hmm. helps me see different models of ministry, which I hope in the future you know, I can take back to the Diocese of Youngstown in Northeast Ohio. Because even within the Diocese of Youngstown, not every parish is the same. We have different sizes. We have parishes in cities, parishes in the country, mm-hmm. um, parishes with just different makeup of people who are members of those parishes. So... That variety really helps to give a bigger picture of what the church is like so that wherever I in the future find myself as a priest, I will understand both the greater context of the church and also I will have seen different models of how that is lived out in a specific location. Sure. So the church in Columbus, Mm -hmm. as you've experienced it, it has its differences from the church in Youngstown, but there are probably a lot of similarities, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Um, they're not too far apart from each other geographically. Right. While we're still in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the church is facing the same problems mm-hmm. here, there, around the world. Mm-hmm. Right? So even doing your apostolic assignments, you're being sent out into the Columbus area. There's a, there's a universality in the church. Right. That it's very easy to translate that to Youngstown. Mm-hmm. You say that's correct. Yeah, I would, I would say that's certainly the case. And I've been very grateful for the way that the parishes in Columbus have welcomed me as a seminarian and given me a chance to you know get my feet wet mm-hmm. in different ways. And um, maybe we'll talk about this later, but during the summers, I do get a chance to go back to my home diocese. So I've also been, for two months of the year, getting to know my home diocese more and able to bring back some of those things that I learned down here. Great. Great. Yeah. So one of the biggest parts of formation generally in the seminary is just for us to grow um, as men, as Christian men, and as, um, God willing, priests, mm-hmm. ministers to, um, to the church. So what's one of the ways that these apostolic works have helped you grow? Um, maybe what's been the biggest point of growth over these past uh, several years for you? I'd say, like, the for me, the two most important areas where I've been encouraged to grow and helped to grow through my apostolic assignments have been, you know, working with people of all ages. So learning especially, you know, to deal, not deal with, but interact with and start conversations, and really have a fruitful discussion with younger people and people who are much older than me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've had two assignments at parishes where I've focused work on either confirmation or youth ministry. Sure. So in both places, 
um, I was able to learn from the example of the leaders in those parishes. In my case, we're talking Church of the Resurrection and Our Lady of Lourdes parishes. And I learned from the people by watching, you know, the other ministers and how they led classes. But I was also given a chance to lead a class here or there, lead small group discussion at different times, or just even make one contribution to a big group discussion mm-hmm. certain days. Yeah. Like you said, getting your feet wet. Exactly. So I've appreciated those opportunities a lot. So that's one area. And then the other main area where I've grown was um, just really being more empathetic. So mm-hmm. learning to accompany people through the different processes of, you know, dealing with whatever life is throwing at them. <laughs> uh, even though I'm not going through the same thing in my life right now, just right. learning how to be there really present for those people. And the ministry that most especially helped me to grow in that way was um, Bethesda Healing Ministry, which is uh, a group that focuses on helping those who have, you know, had an experience with abortion in their lives deal with the grief that comes from that and, you know, mm-hmm. to move beyond and to heal from from th- those experiences. So especially that year, I did a lot of listening and um, got to also eventually start sharing encouragement and asking, you know, questions for, for growth. Right. And talking about Bethesda, you phrased it, people who have had an experience with abortion, people right. who have suffered from an, an encounter with abortion. So that's right. not just women who have no. have suffered an abortion. It no. includes other people. Yeah, it, it could be, um, like you said, not only women who have had an abortion, but, you know, fathers of children who have been affected by that same process, mm-hmm. and even other family members who have just experienced close up what what that is like. Right. So it's it, it's a multifaceted ministry in that sense and that's one of the more more beautiful parts of it really yeah wonderful wonderful the um the apostolic assignments that we have are supposed to be um kind of like you said getting our feet wet preparing us for um priestly ministry which we'll be engaged in each and every day um once we've been ordained mm-hmm. so how do the apostolic assignments that we have now complement that sort of larger vision for pastoral work, being a shepherd for people. Since every year we're really focusing in on just one aspect of ministry, not even necessarily priestly ministry specifically, you know, youth group is not just limited to the priest. Mm-hmm accompanying people through their processes of healing is not just something a priest does. But um, by focusing on these different things every year, we get to hone in our skills in these areas with the hope that in the future, you know, as demands will be greater on our time outside of what is now a lot of time focused on school, study, and learning, Mm -hmm. in the future, we're looking forward to a time when we'll have a lot more, you know, just life with the parish, with the people of the parish, um, interacting with people throughout the day and going from one situation to the next. You know, especially on weekends, I've heard some of the priests who are my mentors talk about, you know, those Saturdays where they'll wake up, have a funeral in the morning, Uh 
a wedding in the afternoon, and then maybe at the evening mass, they'll be baptizing a child. So throughout that one day, you know, they're living all these really important moments of life, and they have to be fully present there for those families. And by focusing this in this way throughout the years on specific apostolic works, we hope to like be able to bring them together in the future and be able to kind of almost seamlessly go from one to the next just to to be there fully for the people who are, are with us. Yeah, have an appreciation for all those different stages of the Christian mystery, the Christian life. Right. Um, especially like that Saturday you described, we're going from the beginnings of life, baptism, mm-hmm. um, the creation of new life, the family and, and marriage, and, and to the end of life, death, where we, we get to um, hopefully go to heaven. Right. Right. You're listening to The Seminarian Show. My name is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio is Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Today we've been talking about apostolic works um, being sent out from our seminary studies into the community um, to grow in our sense of ministry and our ministry skills, uh, learning how to be um, shepherds, pastors, um, priests who minister to the faithful. So, Brian, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the specific assignments that you've had each year. Mm-hmm. As you've mentioned, you've had a new, different assignment uh, for your apostolic where you've been sent. Um, and you started your very first year in seminary with an assignment, right? So That's right. Right out the bat, they're, uh, they're getting you working, getting your feet wet as you're still getting used to seminary life in general, mm-hmm. right? The good thing was I had already been to college, so it wasn't totally new to me. Sure, sure. Um, so what was your very first assignment that you had? I was at the Church of the Resurrection in New Albany. Mm-hmm. And I was going every Sunday, and then every other Sunday there were different meetings. So two Sundays a month, confirmation would meet, and the other two Sundays was a youth group called mm-hmm. cross-training. Okay. And by confirmation, you mean preparation, confirmation classes, right? Yes. We weren't. Bishop wasn't there every other week confirming people. <laughs> no, <laughs> but there were a lot of people in the class. Sure, <laughs> it, it may have taken that long um, to confirm all of them. Right? Mm-hmm. So with those, um, kind of tell us what you were doing, like with confirmation prep, what does that program look like and how are you involved with it specifically? Sure. So at Church of the Resurrection, there was a large class. Mm-hmm. So It's a it, large parish. There were, if I'm not mistaken, there were over 80 young people in confirmation prep that year. Wonderful. So each meeting would have two main parts where we'd start with a large full group presentation led by someone on the core team. Mm-hmm. So um, the other seminarian who's with me that year and I, we I believe we only led one of those full group presentations. So that was good. It was a good way for us to you know, share something we had learned um, with everyone. I believe we talked about the mass oh, that very week. Good. So that would be the first half of the meeting. And then the second half was um, uh, time for small group discussion. So we'd break into small groups of young men and young women, usually about like eight people per group. And we'd have two leaders with each group to help facilitate the discussion and share experience too. So that was a great opportunity to um, try to see not only what knowledge I could share, but what experience from my life I was able to share to help, you know, complement whatever the topic was for the day. Mm-hmm. 
and encourage you know everyone in the group to also be sharing and talking and processing what we were um, learning that day. Wonderful. Um, so that was every other week, yep. and then the so if those were the odd weeks, maybe mm-hmm. the even weeks you said sure. was yeah. uh, cross training <laughs> is what the youth group was called. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes. All right. So what is cross training? Well, if I'm not mistaken, it had a similar structure. It's been a few years. <laughs> but we would we would get together and not only were there adult leaders for cross training, but some of the older high school students would help to lead um, the presentations and the, the discussions any given week. So that was also just something that was very good to see happening in the parish and um, a great opportunity for the, those young people to start taking on a more active role in their own faith and mm-hmm. in sharing their faith with other people. Sure. I'm sure that was really encouraging for you to yeah, witness also. It was. Um, to see those young people um, not only getting involved with the faith, but even taking initiative in their own mm-hmm. um, and helping facilitate that right. in a way. Yeah. Very good. Um, you've talked already a little bit about um, your ministry with uh, the Bethesda Healing Ministry, the post-abortive mm-hmm. um, healing ministry. Um, what else um, can you tell us about that? Um, how is it? How is it structured? What sort of? I'm thinking that's going to be one that you need a lot of sensitivity for. Yeah, it is. As um, you know, a very uh, intimate and, and painful. Um, discussion Mm -hmm. so what sort of things um did you learn there specifically well as you might imagine the the meeting wasn't just focused on like immediately talking um about you know the grief process Mm -hmm. but we would also just we spend a lot of time just kind of getting to know one another and we would begin with a meal every week oh good so that's one of the um you know more personal parts of that um group that meets you know they you know those who are leading it and those who are participating all have a great concern for everyone who's coming you know those who are coming are seeking healing but you know everyone also has something to share with Mm -hmm. the other members there so um you know getting to know one another is really important in that process and um so it it was for me a great privilege to be there and I spent a lot of time listening. And then, especially as as the year went along, I felt more and more comfortable and, you know, qualified, if I can say that, to you know, start sharing more and um, contributing to the discussions. Right. You've had experience ministering to these sorts of people. You're not quoting statistics anymore no, or, no, yeah. or kind of giving um, the philosophical reasonings behind why the church against abortion no. you you there's a face to it now oh sure right. yeah yeah so we're we're seeking right how are we moving forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful the last thing um that i want to ask you about very mm-hmm. specifically um the diocese of youngstown in their formation process has something called a pastoral year mm-hmm. um, so it's a year uh, where you're not at the seminary you're back right at a parish in your diocese um, doing pastoral things, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you do on a pastoral year? How is it structured mm-hmm. for a whole year? So the the whole year, which for me was just this last school year, 
I was living at a parish in my diocese, you know, under the supervision of a pastor. Mm-hmm. And there's more or less a two main goals. One, to observe a lot, to learn from that pastor how he manages, you know, being a parish priest and also, you know, being a, per- a person, you know, how does he meet his own needs, but right. how does he also respond to all the needs of the parish? So I would say, especially the earlier part of that year, you know, there was a heavier focus on that observation part, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know the parish, getting to know what father does, watching him do things that I've never done before, um, meeting with people, planning for weddings, mm-hmm. planning for funerals, meeting with parish council, um, making the other decisions about just the maintenance at the parish. Sure. Things sure. like that. And Not then, everything a priest does is sublime, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the year went along, you know, I was able to find more and more at the parish where I was able to contribute, you know, especially going to many of the groups, Bible mm-hmm. study, book study, um, the RCIA, visiting the school, seeing the the students there, and then, you know, just finding small ways to contribute throughout the year. Even I had the opportunity to help get a group, you know, back on its feet that had been inactive for a few years. Sure. Which group was that? That was um, the, um, sorry, that was the pro-life group. And the group mostly focuses on, you know, coordinating resources. Okay. For mothers who might be facing an unexpected pregnancy mm-hmm. and for praying for a greater respect for life at all the stages. So um, there was a small core group that was especially interested in getting that happening again. So we were able to meet a few times and um, now they're continuing the group at the parish now that I'm back at seminary. So okay. that, that was really encouraging to see. Yeah, that's great that you were able to bring some of those skills that you had learned already in your apostolic works from previous years of seminary right. and then apply them mm-hmm. there. So it's kind of a pastoral year. Is it kind of like a test ground for how parish life is going to be like? That's part of it, I would say. The I think the diocese is especially interested in seminarians having a very clear idea of what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. You know, really seeing what is the life of a parish priest in this specific diocese like. That way... When you make the commitments that come with ordination, you really know what you're committing yourself to. And then another reality is that in the past, we had a situation where young priests might have been, you know, 10, 15, or even 20 years of priest before they became a pastor. They -hmm. would be a parochial vicar or an associate pastor for many years, and they might get to go to a number of parishes even and see how different pastors led their parishes with the situation that we have now though especially in my diocese most young priests spend two three maybe four years as a parochial vicar before they become a pastor somewhere and we even recently had a priest who spent one year <laughs> before you know he was ordained he spent one year as an assistant priest and then became a pastor somewhere so wow. that's not um, just getting your feet wet that's almost diving in the deep end through the pastoral year you get to have some of that exposure, even though you're not yet a priest, mm-hmm. um, before your ordination. Right. So. so you get exposure doing um, priestly things, in a way, um, right. or being a, with the priest as he does his priestly right, things. Right, seeing them up close. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. So you, you've come back from your pastoral year. You're back yeah, at the seminary that's... this year. Um, what sort of things have you been able to bring with you from that year away mm-hmm. now that you're back at the seminary? Well, one thing is a mindset. You know, I'm always thinking more now about how what I'm learning at the seminary is important mm-hmm. and how it how I would share it with people, you know, who are in the parish. I can think specifically of the parish where I was at. But just in general, I'm thinking more and more, okay, I know what I'm learning is important, but I'm also trying to take that next step more, you know, how would I share this with other people or why is this something that is going to affect you know, a conversation that I have with another person. So that's one thing. And the schedule of life is something you also have to develop a lot when you're out living in the parish full time, you know, just being disciplined about Mm -hmm. not only getting your work done, but taking time to exercise, taking time to see your family, Mm -hmm. and then taking time to be with God in prayer because a priest is in the midst of the people as jesus christ so if the priest is not close to jesus christ himself then what is he taking and sharing with his people so finding that time in the midst of the busyness can be difficult so that was a really good um eye-opening experience for me and it's something that you know i'm especially attentive to now and i hope to be you know disciplined about in the future right so at the seminary we our day is structured for us. We have the yeah, pretty much. orarium laid out. Here's mm-hmm. what you're doing at this time. Right. Here are dedicated times set aside for prayer. Right. So you've got practice creating your own orarium. Yes. Making sure all of those um, important parts of your day that the seminary has laid out for you, you have laid out for yourself. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things um, in our intellectual formation. Okay. We're learning all these things about the church, about faith okay, what do we do with these, right? Kind of how do we translate this mm-hmm. to ministry? Or right. how would we even present this to the people even in like a catechetical lecture? Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the core of pastoral formation. You've been listening to The Seminarian Show. My name is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio has been Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of the seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at saintgabrielradio.com. Veni, so-